When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today on the show, we try to fix what definitely ain't broke. Welcome to Lore Party, the podcast that explores the stories, characters, and universes behind some of our favorite video games. My name is Leo. And my name's Abu. And Leo, I gotta say, this game may be perfect and unbroken, but my heart is broken because of today's episode. Well said, my friend. Well said. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the big reason for that, of course, is that this is our last Stardew Valley episode. We've done three episodes that personally I am incredibly proud of. Yeah. But this is going to be the final one for now. For now. For now. So today's episode, I'm excited about this. This is good because we found out that the today, right? What did we find out today? What did he tweet? So as of the date of recording this episode, we actually found out that August 1st is going to be the release date for the multiplayer update. It's going to be... (laughs) That's the only appropriate response. (laughs) But August 1st is going to be the date that the multiplayer update drops for PC, Mac, and Linux, not quite ready for consoles yet. So personally, I'm going to have to wait on my Nintendo Switch for that update to come out. But it's the last big update for Stardew Valley because like we said earlier, Concerned Ape, the developer, has moved on to his next big project, which he's keeping under wraps for now. But as far as Stardew Valley is concerned, it's a big update. We're really excited about some of the features that are coming into it. I know you mentioned that you are actually playing the beta. Yeah, and it's, I gotta say, I am just so excited for you because my experience of farming, it is incredible to be able to share with a friend or a romantic partner and just work as a pair. Like, that feels great. Absolutely. And I gotta say, in lieu of the multiplayer update, you and I have not actually had the chance to farm together, but I feel like we've been on some intense journeys together across the previous three Stardew Valley episodes that we produce for the show. But if you haven't gone back and got caught up on all those previous episodes, highly recommend you do that before you continue today's episode, because today is going to be a lot of speculation on the lore that we established, and it's going to be a lot of wish list items for features or DLC that will not actually happen, but could add quite a bit to the lore of the game. Well, and I think it's because when we talk about lore, right? We talk about the history, but we also talk about how much the world is built. We talk about how three-dimensional the world really is. And part of that comes down to how the characters change, how they evolve, what new features are added. So some of these things might be expansions of what exists. Some of these may be grounded in the seeds of what have already been planted by Concerned Ape in the existing lore, but it's going to be good. I'm excited. I thought you were going for some farming puns there, planting seeds. 
Maybe maybe we're going to open our geodes of ideas and talk about, I'm not going to go down this route. Let's just jump into our ideas. <laughs> Let's just jump in. That's good. So we, we came up with two ideas each. One, we tried to keep reasonable and something that could potentially be added to the game. And then the other idea we came up with was a bit more wishful in what we would want added. So I'll let you kick it off first. What was your first idea? This is the reasonable one. My, my idea was an expansion of the existing crops and specifically some of the revenue trees that exist. Like in my gameplay the first time, I did a lot of wine, beer, and ale. And I liked aging that and I liked kind of collecting the casks. And I really enjoyed that. So what I was thinking was an expansion of that, right? So more brewables. Sake would be thematic, a video game, right? Great. Vodka, whiskey, and then even fermented things like pickles or, and I'm going to mess up the pronunciation of this, <laughs> but I love it, surströming. Yeah, I don't think I'm even going to try and give that a shot, just looking at the spelling <laughs> of that on my screen. But that's interesting that you bring up the fact that you can age a lot of these drinks because personally in uh, my current playthrough, I just upgraded my home and I got the cellar. I got the final home upgrade. I got the cellar. I got the aging barrels. I've been putting cheese in there. And of course I've been putting any uh, alcoholic drinks that I brew in there as well. Something that's bothered me about that though, is I expected the wine to become a different product to become like aged wine or some sort of fancier, nicer wine, but all it does as it currently stands is just upgrade the star value, the quality value of the product you put in, and it turns it into a, a purple star item instead of a, a silver or a gold. So I actually love this idea, and I love that this is your reasonable idea because it's something that I could that I think could easily be implemented. And I also, I like this idea. I, I think you and I both did this. Uh, we went through, in researching for this episode, went through some Reddit boards and we looked through online forums and some people pointed out, and I really like this, the idea of different building options, new building options, maybe additional specialized ones like the seller, but maybe you save up a ton of money, a ton of resources, and you get something that brews ale faster like it's a specific mm -hmm. thing that you can then invest in because that is one of the things that people are pining for is these late game challenges which maybe they cost a lot but you also start generating a lot of revenue years two and three when you start just being able to water everything and all of your crops are super high quality it's right it gets pretty bonkers eventually so when you're like okay yeah i could drop two hundred thousand gold on a you know on a special special building yeah, absolutely. I just dropped 200,000 gold without blinking an eye on that furniture upgrade you can get from Robin where you just get all the furniture pieces for free. <laughs> <laughs> I bought that thing for $200 and now I'm decorating the shit out of my house. So I definitely understand that aspect of the game where you suddenly become so wealthy that money is no object and you really just want to continue to play the game. Like I'm not playing the game any less now that I'm super wealthy in it. I would say that I'm enjoying it in a whole different way now that I'm not sort of hustling constantly for more gold. Right. But I agree that in the late game, it would be really interesting to create these specialized buildings so that you could really craft your farm in the way that you want. We had discussed this earlier, but a lot of folks online, a lot of creative, talented folks really go hard when they role play on their farms. Like people will commit to creating a farm that is just all about making coffee 
and then they role play running a coffee shop. And it would be very cool if there were, you know, additional features or DLC items added that would add these specialized buildings that really let you like truly, truly role play and be the type of farmer that you want to be. So that's my idea, right? Like that kind of customization, expanding a little bit of what's there, going a little deeper. Uh, but that was that's sort of my reasonable idea. What did you have for your sort of reasonable wish list item? Yeah, so the reasonable wish list item that I came up with that I think would actually fit pretty well in the established game and the established lore is another store. More specifically, some type of hairdresser or clothing store. Mm. And the main reason for that is I realized you don't really get to change your hairstyle at any point in the game. And the only way to change your outfits is if you befriend the wizard and you get a high enough friend level with him, you have the option to change your outfits outside of, you know, putting on hats or boots or rings. You're really sort of stuck with the farmer that you create at the very start of the game. And I can tell you, I'm not the same farmer I was three and a half years ago when I journeyed <laughs> to my grandpa's farm. I'm a different farmer and I want to be able to express that in a different way. Right. You know, I came to this farm with a highfalutin city haircut <laughs> and I was just so purty in my clean shoes, but now I'm a real farmer. I need a real farmer's haircut. Exactly. And I need some real farmer clothes options. You get it. You get it. You've been there. You've been through that journey. It's a transformation. I mean, growing this farm, becoming the millionaire farmer mogul that I am now has changed me as a person, but I'm still, still wearing those khakis that I wore on day one. I mean, if we all remember, I left my job for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I left my job in episode one for farming, so, you know, I should at least be able to choose some new pants. You went Stardew Valley Lore Party podcast full time, and this is the last episode, so I hope you got a backup plan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even on the other episodes, I'm just, <laughs> it's just this is the no other video games, <laughs> just Stardew, yeah. It's, you know, revenue's been tight, so. <laughs> no, I think that's, uh, what you bring up is a great point, and I said this before we started recording, but like this game already has years that pass and things that change, things that are not accessible in year one that become accessible in year two. So it's not so crazy to say maybe a year five or year six, this big thing happens, a new villager moves in, or maybe all of the people who are young get a little bit less young. They don't need to become adults and the adults don't need to get older and we don't need any characters to disappear. Just maybe some new roles, maybe small new area opens up with a couple new buildings or even like a bicycle shop because I know you can get a horse, right? And you can ride the horse around, but being able to buy a bicycle would be kind of cool. For sure. So let's move on to the part of the episode that I am personally super excited about our ideas for some that shit crazy, ridiculous additions to the game. So let's hear yours first. Yeah, so I was thinking, we have the void spirit that you meet, we have the dwarves, and we have the wizard. Some of the most interesting stuff happens with those three characters. So what I was thinking is a sort of New Lands DLC, or sort of the arcane DLC, where three new places open up, right? Now, I'm taking this a little bit from some, something like um, Animal Crossing, where you get on a boat, it goes south, 
into the ocean and then you just end up at an island somewhere so not necessarily specific geographically but the idea of like an island reachable from the docks populated by wizards and witches these sort of magic folk right and then a city of void spirits and i was thinking they could be uh discovered through a specific level of the mines because the void spirit mentions that they used to live down in the mines until the dwarves kind of invaded i love that i actually love the unique ways to get to these new areas I actually think that's more unique than what I had originally thought when I read your notes on this. And (laughs) I was just like, Leo basically wants the bus to go to different regions of the world. Like, Pam, you keep driving me to this desert and back. Take me somewhere else. But I love your approach to it even more. It's very specific to the lore and kind of expands on that. These gateways to these other worlds, you would have to basically piece together and unravel through the lore. Totally. And that's the kind of shit I love. Like, I love when a game gives you the breadcrumbs, but you have to sort of follow it through yourself. So when I was thinking about this, I was trying to, as you've pointed out, I was trying to build it into the existing lore, right? I don't want this to just be, okay, this was taped on. I want it to feel like it was planned from the beginning. So you're encountering void spirits deeper and deeper into the mines. I would love if that led you into their town and through having the item that gets you in, they become non-hostile, so you can start talking to them. Maybe they have specific items that can help you on the farm. But my other thought was, what if, again, addressing this late game vacancy, what if in these other places, whether you go to the Void Spirit City or the Magician's Island, what if your currency is super low value to them? So they're like, oh yeah, we've got this, you know, whatever watering can that never runs out of water and it's six million gold. I love that idea. I love the idea of like traveling to the void person city and utilizing their technology, their culture, and bringing it back to your late game farm to make it an even more efficient and profitable venture. Or dwarven coffee, that (laughs) alien coffee, bro. It's so caffeinated. I have noticed that a lot of our ideas so far have been about the late game. And I think that, again, truly speaks to how incredible Stardew Valley is and how much fun we have playing it and how much we love it, that we've played so much of it, explored so much of it, that we're at the point where we just want more. We want more of it. We want expanded lore. We want different worlds to explore. I love the idea of DLC that is just a treat for people like us who are just basically in the extreme late game where we're not concerned about money. Our farms are mostly automated. We've achieved so much of what we want to achieve. And now we just want more. There's juicy bites in the lore that just hint at so much in the world. And traveling to these other worlds would be such a treat for people that have invested so much time into into the core game. You're absolutely right. I've sunk an embarrassing number of hours into this game, (laughs) and I'm looking for any excuse to play it again. Another very minor idea that I had that I think could actually be more reasonable, we'll we'll get to my unreasonable idea. I'm pretty excited to talk about that, but I wanted to sneak this in real quick. I wish you could do more with a pet outside of just fill their watering bowl and pet them every day. I don't know, another potential festival could be a dog show. So my sister actually works on a farm And the thing about farm life is pets become tools. They become resources. So 
you have dogs because they chase away coyotes that would otherwise eat your farm animals, right? You have cats because they eat rats, because they eat mice, and because they deal with some of those pests in addition to being great companions. Mm -hmm. But having benefits and uh, maybe downsides or... Uh, Challenges of some sort yeah. ar around your pet. Totally. But anyway, let, let's move on to my unreasonable idea. And this was actually inspired from another game. Your idea was inspired from Animal Crossing. Mine was inspired from this indie game called Moonlighter, which I've had my eye on for quite some time. It's a dungeon crawler slash shop simulator, which is a really interesting combo. So you dungeon crawl in the night, hence the name Moonlighter. And then during the daytime, you run your shop and you sell the things that you essentially loot. That's a feature that I think would have been really interesting to have in Stardew Valley because I'm realizing the further I get into the late game, and again, talking about late game, I just have chests full of stuff, stuff that I've accumulated that I'm not sure is worth anything or is worth the trouble to sell. I think it would be interesting to have the option to open up a shop in that Jojo Mart, to buy it out, to fix it up, and to run a shop. Totally. And it also gives you the opportunity to engage with the community in a new way, right? Like you have maybe new dialogues with some of the characters. You might have, you know, the, the opportunity to help other characters get things that they want. I think it would be really interesting if you could actually hire some of these folks too. So it may not be as in-depth as Moonlighter where you're actually maybe setting the price or figuring out the business model. But it, I think it would be interesting to sort of have to work on the upkeep of your shop and to actually hire on some extra hands to help you run the shop. I think that would be another interesting wrinkle. Or like Vincent. Vincent could like sweep the store. Are there child labor laws Ooh. in Stardew Valley? <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to ask the governor when he's in town one day a year. The single day a year that he stops in and checks in on us. Yeah, for sure. I, I, think, I think Vincent would probably fall into the category of too young, too young to be, to be a <laughs> chimney sweep. <laughs> this one's a bit more of an outlandish idea, and I categorized it as my more wishful uh, item on my list because I think it would sort of break the game. You know, the game is really about that sort of daily cycle of getting up, tending to your animals, tending to your farm, tending to your relationships in town. I think having to run an, an entire shop on the side and figure out sort of things like profit margins and how to run the business and how to hire other folks, that would probably overcomplicate things. But yeah. I just, I think it would be so much fun to do something with that abandoned Joja Mart because it's just sitting there. And honestly, it, it's an eyesore. And honestly, it could be simplified. They could say, you can only do this once you've been married, once you've become married and force it to be your spouse runs the store five days a week your spouse is there and it just generates income based on maybe there's like, you know, you, you have a gold star cabbage and you go to the store and you put that in a spot and that generates a certain amount of income because I guess people come and look at it or something. But the, uh, the point is they could simplify the mechanics of running the store down to just it's there, it's generating income through interactions basically and the better the stuff you have there, the more money you make. For sure. I, I think with enough effort, 
you could definitely find a way to implement some sort of shop mechanic or something to do with that abandoned Jojo Mart. Well, that about wraps it up. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, maybe take a second to rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us grow the show. And be sure to connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at lore underscore party. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.